0: This is Norfolk Noise, sharing the news that matters most from our studio at Morey High School. everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the Norfolk Noise Podcast. My name is Lillian Miller and I'm a student here at Morey High
1: School. I'm going to let everybody else introduce themselves.
2: My name is Dante Rodriguez, I am also a student at Morey High School.
1: Hey, and I'm Mr. George, I'm one of the teachers here at
2: Morey.
0: And how are you guys feeling about being here?
2: Feeling pretty enthusiastic due to the fact this is my first time doing something like this.
0: Yeah, it's exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here as well. It, April's Autism Awareness Month, and I'm happy anytime I can, you know, raise awareness.
0: Yeah. All right, so I'm going to start off with my first question, which is, which is for Dante. So this question is, do you feel as if your peers treat you differently because of the challenges you face on a daily basis? Ten, and if you do, how so?
2: To answer that one, that's actually a No. In fact, I actually treat everyone else differently due to how they act and perform most of the time. You have the ones who think, you have the guys who think they're all the big hot shots, the girls who only want the money and the lust, and then the kids who are just trying to get through the school.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Well, that was actually my question for now, and now we're going to introduce our second host to the show. Hi, my name is Ikea Izard, and I go to Moray High School. My question is for Dante. Do you ever feel like people try to accommodate you? And if so, does it annoy you at all?
2: When it comes with people trying to accommodate with me, most of the times it's just people trying too hard to actually offer their help to me or try to be my friend. And when people are like that, I normally get very suspicious and cautious around them. And I also have a high hunch whenever they try to, because it also means that they literally have no idea what they're doing. No no experience, just trying to be friends with someone who's different. Most of the times, that just makes themselves feel better and give them a bit more ego. That way, they feel like they can be friends with anyone. But some people don't want to be friends, especially if you don't know how to interact with them, especially those who are autistic.
0: And my second question is for you, Mr. George. Do you feel it's difficult... Do you find it difficult relating to non-special ed teachers?
1: To the non-special ed teachers? Yeah. No, in part because I've been really fortunate. I came on to Mori and I was a special ed teacher, but I was working as part of the, uh, what do we call those, the learning community. So I was working with eight different teachers at one time, and then I worked geometry for a while and algebra. So I've had a lot of opportunity to work with a lot of teachers over my 15 years here. And I will say I have nothing but support from the non-SPED teachers, the gen ed teachers.
0: I think that's great.
1: It's been fantastic. Maury is a great place for teachers and for students, You know, especially students um, with special needs and those on the spectrum.
0: Well, those are all my questions. Thank you for answering them.
1: No problem.
3: Hello, my name is Cecilia, and I am the third host on The Norfolk Noise. Hello, Dante, and hello, Mr. George. How are we feeling today?
2: Still feeling pretty good. (laughs) Doing great.
3: I'm glad. Um, Dante, how do you think being autistic affects your high school experience?
2: Actually, I think it affects me in a good way. I see my autism, not being able to understand how other people think and feel, as a benefit. Due to the fact that I don't understand how most kids' sense of humor is, nor do I really feel, nor do I really understand what they're feeling when they act in, let's just say, inappropriate ways. Yeah. Many kids in the school like to goof around, treat it as if it's nothing but a prison, when in reality, without it, you won't get anywhere.
3: Right, and that's absolutely correct. I feel like some kids just kind of treat school like... Yeah, I'm going to goof around and play around, but really, if you make the best of it, then it'll treat you good.
2: And because of my autism, I'm able to see what's right and what's wrong. Now, that's not to say it has its downsides. Sometimes I do end up doing something called squirreling, where where I forget what I was trying to do and just do something else randomly. Currently, I'm trying to work on that, but aside from that... I guess you can consider me one of the good kids in the school.
3: All right. Well, I'm glad that you think it positively affects you, and I'm glad to hear your perspective. And, Mr. George, what made you decide to be a special education teacher?
1: Hmm. Well, special education was important to me because my career originally started as a substance abuse counselor, and from there, Worked for a nonprofit, had a great time, burned out, went overseas, passed out groceries for a year. And then my wife was expecting our first child. So I needed to do a career change, and I'm from Pennsylvania, Penn State. Where I was living, there were absolutely no jobs available at the time. So I looked elsewhere, and my brother was living in northern Alaska. He suggested that I put in there, and I did. I was hired, and went up there as a substance abuse counselor, got involved with behavioral health administration. Then about, well, almost 20 years ago, my mom got sick with dementia. So we had to relocate to end up down here in Virginia. And the quickest way I could find a job that gave me summers and holidays and evenings off was teaching and it was something I enjoyed because I had been involved with the schools in Alaska. And so I went to school quickly, became a special ed teacher. And here I am.
3: Wow. Well, that is definitely a lot. And it seems like you've lived a lot, (laughs) like a lot of experience.
1: I've had a lot of fun. I've had a lot of great opportunities and made, I think, the most of each and every one.
3: Yeah, that sounds great. And the passing out groceries, could you go into more depth with that? I'm just curious about that. Like,
1: Yeah, I have family in Israel and they had been involved in a Um, I don't know how else to describe it other than a ministry, where they particularly helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of Christianity. But an off-growth of that was realizing that there were so many people who needed help, and one of the things was all the new immigrants, Holocaust survivors. So I distributed groceries all over Jerusalem, and then later on moved up north and all over the Sea of Galilee. I took people on tours. I had a fantastic time.
3: Wow, you've definitely traveled a lot and lived yeah. a lot, and that sounds so great.
0: Um, thank you too for your time. Mm-hmm. All right, my name is Lily, and I'm the first host you heard on the show. And my last question is actually for Mr. George. What do you find most rewarding about working with autistic students, and what have you learned from them?
1: Mm. The thing that I find most rewarding is that we've stayed in contact with the students who have left, and I've been doing this for almost 10 years. I'm staying in contact. They still email me. They still call me. They text me. And I see how, I uh, hear how their experiences here at Mori have mm-hmm. improved their, their life experience, how they're using still some of the things that I taught them, that they're using those um, skills, those ideas, In their daily lives. I think that's the most important thing. What have I been taught? I guess, as Dante was saying earlier, you know, he doesn't spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think. And I realize that that's one of the things that's helped me is not getting carried away with what other people think. Yeah. Doing my best each and every time. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I'm glad that you had such a positive effect on your students, and I'm glad you think that way. You shouldn't really worry about whatever, what other people think and everything. And, yeah, so um, in the spirit of Autism Awareness Month, uh, is there anything you would like to say or anything?
2: Well, that depends on what, on, on what you really want us. Is it about how autism has affected me throughout my life?
0: Um, It's really just anything you want to say in the spirits of Autism Awareness Month. Like any advice you want to give other autism people, or
2: well, for that one, for those who do have autism, and don't see your autism as a bad thing, autism can either you can use it as you can either see it as a blessing or a disorder. I see it as a blessing due to how far it has carried me out throughout the years. Throughout school years, when I was young, I never engaged in goofy behavior like most kids would, acting up just causing a ruckus even in some places where I shouldn't. And throughout middle school, even though I was picked on because of my autism, I just saw that, and for those who did act up in middle school, I just saw them as not having the best of future because of the way they continue to act and even refuse to change. No matter how much the teachers try to stop them, even suspend them, even put them in detention, they just do not change. Even in high school. Even though I've had a few rough moments, I still continue forward. And with and the with help my autism, seeing what's right and wrong, and help and trying to also make the best of what I can, socializing does help. And those who actually have sympathy for my autism, but they don't have it themselves, are, one, are people who are willing to see things in my perspective. Even though I've had many harsh moments, such as yesterday when my leopard gecko passed away- oh, I'm kni- so sorry. I knew I had to stay strong and continue to move forward. Yeah. Continuing the grief would only just haunt me for the rest of my life. Yeah. But in the end, autism is, a, is proof of evolution not deforming.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, I'm glad that everything you've been through has ended up having a positive toll on you and it's taught you that your autism is like you said a blessing. Okay, so Mr. George, anything you'd like to say?
1: Yeah, I appreciate this opportunity. April 2nd is National Autism, actually International Autism Awareness Day. That was the cried the, by the uh, UN, mm-hmm. but n- Autism as a diagnosis didn't even exist until 1943. Yeah. And at that point, you know, there was a f- number of people who were diagnosed with autism. Somewhere in the 60s, it was about one in 10,000 students would be identified. Now, today, it's one in 44. So that's a huge difference from one in 10,000 to one in 44. And part of the reason for that is increased awareness. Most of us know someone who has autism or autism spectrum disorder or Asperger's, they're all kind of lumped together. And I I appreciate this because one of the things that we need to realize is that we are going to come in contact with people with autism and need to be aware that it's just another existence, that there's different ways of looking at things, different ways of understanding their environment, particularly noises, sights, et cetera, smells, and doing our best to being a friend, to being a a neighbor, to being a teacher, whatever it is, doing our best.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure everybody here can learn something from you or the stuff you have said. All right. Ending our podcast, um, we would like to
3: do a round of Are You Smarter Than a Freshman, which is kind of our spin on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? We have Dante against Mr. George. Hmm. All right. Question number one. Who is the author of the 1960 novel about social and racial inequality? To kill a marking bird.
2: Uh. <laughs> With all due respect, I am at a complete loss.
1: <laughs> I can actually almost see him in my mind, but I, I, I don't recall the name.
3: <laughs> Are we going to call a draw on this one?
2: We will call it a draw.
3: Harper Lee. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Question number two. Which tool is used to estimate the likelihood of certain genetic outcomes? You learn this in
1: science. A microscope? No. I'm thinking the amniotic fluid, the amnio for the genetic material?
3: Not the specific genetic material. It's a tool, um, used to estimate the likelihood, like, just a hypothesis of the likelihood of the genetic outcome. It's a type of chart.
1: Miel, miel.
3: (laughs) No. Are we gonna call a draw again? We shall. A Punnett square. Uh,
0: (laughs) It's
2: been so long. (laughs) I've actually done science.
3: All right, question number three. What measures distance north or south of the equator? Latitude or longitude?
2: Longitude. No, latitude. it's
3: latitude.
2: <laughs> well, I know cartography is not in my future.
3: And the last question. In what country is the Taj Mahal located? <laughs> India. India. all right (laughs) all right mr george two dante zero and the draw was two questions and those are just all the questions thank you thank you mr george and dante for joining us for episode six it was very nice to have you here and it was really good conversation and we had a lot of fun
2: pleasure was all mine (laughs) truly enjoyed it thank you
3: thank you this has been Zakia Izard. This has been Lillian Miller. This is Cecilia Candelaria. And thank you so much for joining us on episode six of the Norfolk Noise podcast.
0: Um, This is Aaron McFarlane, and I'm the audio engineer for Norfolk Noise. Um, Norfolk Noise actually started last year, and I was one of the founding members, I guess. Um, but yeah, this is actually my senior year, and this is my last episode of engineering everything. So I appreciate Um, everybody who's been a part of it and hopefully I'll reach new heights signing off